And so looking at how your space is organized, are your tools easy to access? Does your space still serve the purpose that it was originally planned for? Um, in other words, has technology changed the way you do work? I'm pleased today to introduce Maureen Arndt of 720 Design, a boutique planning, architecture, and interior design firm devoted to the development of modern library spaces. Maureen has a national profile in the library world and has worked on projects as diverse as Frisco, Texas and Buncombe County, North Carolina. Welcome, Maureen. Thank you, Pam. I'm so happy to be here with you this morning. You and I have worked on a variety of public library projects, the Ivy Group of the Research and Strategy End, and you at the site selection, space planning, design, and architectural end. I think of our work as, as a continuum, starting with the community needs and then evolving into the confirmation of service delivery. What I'd like to do today, because I know that this is really your area of specialization, is to hone in on one dimension of your work. Uh, and it's often overlooked, and that is, Forget renovation, reconstruction. How do you do better with the space you already have? So that is so true, Pam. And I think there really are two reasons for it. The first is uh, one of the ways to gain space is to move shelving. And that's a really big job. And the second is that we often really become accustomed to the challenges in our own space. We get used to it. We work around it. We think of that as just the way it is. And so um, in some ways, it can be challenging to see the forest through the trees and ways to better use your own space. Well, let's start with the outside of the building, shall we? Yeah, so in addition to really being the first impression of the library, this is a space that can really be an expansion of the interior space. It's space that you can use to expand your programming and service opportunities. And I think the outside of the building is really relevant in today's world, especially when schools are closed for COVID and such a large percentage of our population still does not have good access to the internet. So how can we use that outside of the building to really expand library spaces? So in buildings that we're planning uh, right now, we're looking at using the outdoor space to expand seating, to cover it, to make it a nicer area, to provide lighting for safety and security, to pr provide power, and especially to allow access to the Wi-Fi 24 hours a day. That way, the library can become a 24-hour space for those who really need access to the internet. And how about as you enter the building? So typically the first feature you see when you enter the building is the service desk. And if your building was built not in the last 10 years, but prior to that, probably your service desk is really big. Uh, we've just completed working on space planning for six relatively small branches in Fulton County, Georgia. And the very first strategy we implemented was to replace the really big service desk with just a small centralized staff kiosk. In some of these buildings have spent gaining three or 400 square feet back into the public service area, which is huge in a branch that's only 6,000 square feet. What that also means though, is that you're rethinking how staff work um, and being able to provide adequate and efficient workspace in the staff work area.
So Maureen, you've already said this, but I don't think you can emphasize it enough. Libraries, by their very nature, devote a great deal of space to shelving books. Of course they do. Books are, after all, still the brand. However, this is an opportunity uh, to learn from retail. The goal, after all, isn't to house the books, but it's to get the books into your library customers' houses. And we know from retail that items shelved at eye level are the best sellers and that a shelf that is too crowded is really difficult to find what you're looking for. So lowering the shelving, keeping the shelves 66 to 75% full and using some of the face-out shelving will increase the circulation. And if the books are checked out, you can have more in your overall collection. So are you, are you suggesting weeding the collection, storing it elsewhere, rotating it? No, I'm suggesting getting more people to check more things out. <laughs> well, that's a great idea. What about staff space? You know, staff often quite rightly say, I just don't have enough workspace. I don't have enough storage space. There really never is enough storage space. And just like in our houses, we uh, fill up uh, all storage space that we have. But I think the biggest thing is that library staff is so generous uh, when we're planning buildings, uh, staff will always give up their own space in order to provide more for their library patrons. There's a balance, however, in order for staff to really provide the best possible service to their guests, they need adequate space to accomplish their tasks efficiently. Maureen, what about the whole Marie Kondo phenomenon? Can we apply that to librarians? We absolutely can apply the Marie Kondo tidy challenge and apply it to the library space. A lot of uh, her theories have to do with visualizing what does your ideal workspace look like. And this is something that we talk about during library space programming. What is the order that in which you do tasks and is your staff space laid out that can accommodate accomplishing those tasks in the most efficient order? It's a lean process. And so looking at how your space is organized, are your tools easy to access? Does your space still serve the purpose that it was originally planned for? Um, in other words, has technology changed the way you do work? Has your job description changed, which means relaying out how your space is used? Um, I was visiting uh, a library recently and um, they were short on space, and they had dedicated an entire office to storing book carts that were broken um, because those book carts are expensive. And when I talked to them about how much new construction cost, in some places about $400 a square foot, and they were using 200 square feet to store broken book carts, what is the cost of that space that you're using to store things? What a so great exercise that is. So you could you could apply that almost to any kind of space utilization, right? You, absolutely, you could. And you need to think about it that way. Of the, There is a cost to storing things um, that may exceed the value of what you're storing. And so when you think about, about it that way, you can look at um, your storage spaces in new ways. Of course, uh, librarians all, always believe in, what is it? Use it up, wear it out, make do, do without. <laughs> In this case, do without those things that are more expensive to repair than, um, than the upside of, of storing them. It's true. And also, we live in a, a just-in-time world as well. 
with, um, you know, same day shipping from Office Depot or Amazon, maybe we don't need to store so many office supplies at the same time. So really evaluating your storage space becomes critical when you're short on space in general. So if you could give three specific recommendations for libraries to find space where they don't think they have space, what would they be? So the first thing I would look at is just right-sizing and balancing your collection. Uh, What's changed over the years about your community that may mean you're oversized in one area and undersized in another area? And how can you rebalance that? So maybe you need more space in picture books, but nonfiction hasn't been checking out very well. How can you rearrange your collection to gain more space for the space that you need? The other really important recommendation that I would give is is based on the the six libraries we just renovated. Looking at before and after pictures, you can really see the difference that just decluttering does for your space. What is, is hanging, sitting in? What donations have you accepted that no longer fit the vision for your space or the goals of how you want to be able to use your space? We're working with uh, a library in North Texas right now that is getting ready to recarpet. And as part of the recarpeting project, we're helping them re-space plan the entire building. The fiction area of the library is a space that they're really short on. And so we were looking at different ways to arrange the shelving that could increase the capacity without adding on to the building. And just by rotating the shelving 90 degrees, we were able to fit 40 additional sections of shelving in that area. And because they're recarpeting, the shelving was being lifted and moved anyway. And so it was an easy way to rearrange and add space without adding on to the building. It's also a great opportunity to declutter when uh, you do a, a move or a recarpet like that. And decluttering, taking out all of the the visual clutter in a space really does make it feel bigger, more spacious, and more inviting. And your third suggestion. My third suggestion is adding light and color. Lighting is one of the most important aspects of library design. The type and level of light completely change how spacious a library feels. For example, when you use light fixtures that shine up onto the ceiling and the ceiling becomes light and bright, it makes the ceiling feel taller and the whole space uh, more voluminous. And then adding color, Uh, libraries are big open spaces without a lot of walls. And so unlike a living room in your house where color can become overwhelming, a library can really accept a lot of color and it changes the whole feel of the space. Maureen, it's been great talking with you today. I love the work we've done together. And as you mentioned Buncombe County earlier, maybe you could talk a little bit about what we're doing there. Sure, we're working on a facility master plan for Buncombe County, evaluating uh, each of their buildings, looking at whether it is still useful, whether it should be replaced, whether it should be renovated, or uh, whether some of those branches should be combined into regional libraries for more efficient library service. I'm excited to work with you on that project as well, Pam. 
Um, I've spent my entire career working on library projects. It has been a great joy to really impact communities with providing the most efficient and uh, best possible service. One thing to love your work, it's another thing to love who you work with. (laughs) And when you get to do both, it's pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, To see examples of Maureen's terrific work with libraries, you can look at the transcript of this podcast. We'll have some photographs there. Or please visit her website, 720design.net. Maureen, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you, Pam. I've enjoyed it as well. Thank you for listening to another episode of Advancing America's Libraries. If you have any topic requests, tweet us at Ivy Group or email contact at ivygroup.com. 